going to teach from Psalms today, but I felt to look at something else. Let's begin in Revelation 12. I have some scriptures in my notes here that I want to just read related to deception. If you have your eyes open, and I mean that spiritually, it's not hard to see the great deception that is everywhere. And the Bible talks quite a bit about it. And like I said, I have some verses I just want to look at. And some of these verses we're familiar with. And, you know, we here are born again. The Lord has opened our eyes. We see certain things that other people do not see. Uh, Other denominations do not see. They have a different view of things. But, you know, unless you have the life of God in you, unless you have the Spirit of God moving in you, you will not see certain things. And that's quite evident when you talk to different people or if you see certain things maybe on the news or you know, hear certain things that people say related to the world, you know, the government or whatever. And you see that they're blinded because they have not come to the Lord and they do not see. Now, you can have good people who may have good intentions and may even do some good things. But in order to see what's coming down the road, and things are, I, I see, and, and I, I'm, my vision is limited, very limited, but there's almost like this convergence that's taking place in every different area, not just in one area. And it seems as though we're moving closer and closer to the end. Now, Paul talks about the end times. We read about the end times in the Bible. And of course, the end times are going to come, the very end. But I would have to say, now, like I said, I'm I'm only alive for so many years. I only see so much of the, the whole thing here. But what we've seen in the last maybe 15 years, and even lately, it seems as though things are rapidly moving uh, in this direction where you, you talks about the Antichrist and, and so on in the Bible. But there is right now, there has been and there is, and it seems to me that this deception that is around is, is greater than ever. Greater than ever. Even infiltrating the churches, the churches that and denominations that started off in the right direction. So in Revelation 12, verse 9, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and called Satan, and this is what I want you to see, who deceives the whole world. And that has been taking place for thousands of years, but there seems to be an amplification of the deception that's everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. It's like you can't even turn your head. And if you, if you have eyes to see, you see this deception going on. And John says in his epistle, he says, and we know these verses, the whole world lies in wickedness. And so men, their eyes have been blinded by sin. And for the most part, God can you know, lift the scales, so to speak, from their eyes or from their heart. But they're not interested in coming to him. Maybe they feel they don't have a need for him or whatever. 
But in chapter 13, the beginning of the chapter talks about the beast. We're not going to get into all that, but I believe the, the beast here in the first part of the, of the 13th chapter is referring to the Antichrist. But when you come down to verse 11, then I saw another beast, and I believe this is related to the false prophet, coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns. We're not going to get into any of this. Two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon, and he exercised all authority of the first beast in his presence and caused the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Um, he performs, this is what I want to show you, he performs great signs, great signs, not just signs. I looked that word up, it means, it means great, it's, it's big, real big. He performs great signs so that he even uh, makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he granted to, he was granted to do in the uh, sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image uh, to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. And he was granted power to give breath to the image and so on and so forth. But the, the thing I wanted you to see is in verse 13, it says here that he performed great signs and that he even called down fire from heaven. So those who are not grounded in the word of God, who don't know and understand what the scriptures say, will be taken in by this. Great miracles, great signs. And the Bible doesn't say what they're going to be, just this one. He calls down fire. I mean, that's, that's quite something. We only see one example of that in the Bible, and that's Elijah, that I can think of. But it's granted to him to do that, and there will be great deception leading up to that point, and the deception in, in among the masses and in the hearts of people will make them ripe to receive this as being God, being from God. <clears throat> now, I want to read one verse from, let's turn to Matthew, Matthew 24. One verse from Daniel, this is Daniel 8.25, and I believe this is talking about the Antichrist. He says, and he will be a master of deception and will become arrogant. He will destroy many without warning. So he's going to be a master of deception. And then in Matthew 24, Jesus says to his disciples, verse, where is it here? Verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. He's telling his followers that there, right next to him. Take heed that no one deceives you. And then he goes on, he says a lot of different things here. And then verse 11, he says, Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. So you see this word deceive, deceived, deception, not deception, but the thought in other translations it uses that word. But the thought here is that there is a, a great deception that's going to take place that he says that, that they need to watch. And even so, now we need to even be more watchful of the deception that's all around us, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And then in verse 24, 
for false Christs and false prophets will rise. And I remember when I first became a, a Christian many years ago, I don't know if any of you remember this, but there was a man in, in Europe, and he took out full-page ads in every newspaper in the world. In the full-page ad, I sat there, even in, in the local paper here, he said he was the, the Messiah, blah, blah, blah. He's not going to reveal himself yet. And I never, I should have saved that. And, and this is, may have been in the 70s, I'm thinking, somewhere in that 70s or 80s, somewhere in there. Took a full page ad, all of the major newspapers, and he was going to reveal himself in his time. And this is old news, by the way. And this has taken place off and on since then. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs. That's a, that same thing, that same thought. Great signs and wonders for what purpose? To deceive, if possible, even the elect. And I thought I had... Oh, I have this in another translation. Read, listen to this one, read it. So as to lead astray, if possible, also the chosen. So, I mean, I guess it is possible that some... Even the chosen may be led astray. So that's why we're not to, as um, I think as Paul says, you know, not to follow every wind of doctrine. And I've seen the different winds of doctrines over the years. It becomes, things become very popular in the church. You know, they, they have all these different things that they, and it looks, you know, scriptural, it looks good, and you, you follow that thing right down, and then at the end, boom, it never takes place this prediction, that thing, this thing. And, you know, every wind of doctrine, people, Christians, get tied up with, and they get, get all into it, you know, instead of, you know, just wait on the Lord, just, you know, push this stuff aside and just, you know, see what the Lord's going to do, because I believe at the very end He'll show us what we need to know. And then in Second Timothy, let's turn there because I want to look at a couple verses. 2 Timothy 4.3, Paul says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Now, that that probably has taken place in every generation. Uh, But I believe we can see that even more amplified now in this country because of the turn away from the gospel. It's almost as though you you can see this where the, the sound doctrine or what the Bible says doesn't mean anything. That's just an old, an old path, an old way. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. And see, that's the key. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables or to myths or to speech, or to drama. It's all, all the meanings of that word. They'll be turned aside. So the people, it seems from look, looking at this verse here, the people are deceived uh, because they don't, they don't want to know the truth. They don't, they don't have a desire, a desire for the truth, or they don't want uh, the knowledge of the truth. And they, they want to continually be deceived. Look at uh, 2 Timothy 3. Verse 13, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So you have both of those taking place where they're deceiving other people and then they're being deceived. 
And if you talk to anyone in, I don't want to say the clergy, <laughs> in some of the denominations, and you listen to what they say, and you, you hear what some of the things that they believe, they don't see that as deception. See, they see that as being true. But what they're giving, they're, they're deceived and they're deceiving. And it's very strange that, you know, it is the Spirit of God who must open our eyes to the Scriptures. You know, we must be birthed from above. And I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit. You know, the Catholic Church believes in being born again. Did you believe, do you know that? Yeah, they do. But that doesn't mean the same thing for them as it does for us. Because they, they take that scripture and they say, oh, that's talking about baptism. So there is this deception with those who don't have a hunger or a desire for the truth. For the truth. Now, that's another thing because I don't think I have time to get into that. But tracing things back. You can trace things back. Uh, years and years and years from years ago, you know, from whenever the apostles were walking on the earth. And you can see how certain denominations have strayed away from the gospel. And you have to go back and look at that century after century. There's different things that take place. This, this, they decided to do this. They decided to do that. And even if you do that and you note all that down... For someone to go and take that and sit down and read it and study it, to understand it, that's, that's not easy even to do that. You don't even understand what I'm saying. But to follow some of these things and trace them back, because you know, deception after deception after deception, this thing, that thing, another thing, and then that's in the past. People don't see that. They see what's in front of them. And then now you have this whole thing moving, and you have a deception of the masses. You have deception in denominations, and so forth. Now in 1 John 2, turn there please, 1 John 2, verse 18, John says, little children, it is the last hour. Now if it was the last hour when John said this, where, where are we now? 2,000 years later. I mean, we're closer to the end of that last hour that he's saying. As you have heard that the, the Antichrist is coming, and I looked these words up, even now many Antichrists have come. And the first one there, Antichrist is coming, is, is singular masculine. It's talking about an individual. Antichrist is plural masculine, meaning many. So it's not just that the translators decided to put that in that way. It's, it's correct. And even now, many antichrists have come by which we know that we are in the last hour. So the word anti means against or in opposition to, uh, in the opposite of. But the word means opposed to, and here's an interesting thing. If you go to Vines, he defines the word antichrist, meaning against and instead of. 
So there is this substitution for Christ. And that's what we really see. They substitute tradition. They substitute all these different things and put them in front of the eyes of the people as to take their eyes off of the gospel and take their eyes off of Jesus Christ. It's antichrist. So a lot of the denominations that have slipped into uh, sin or have gone in their own way in tradition and have not experienced the life of Christ, actually this is antichrist because it's in place, uh, they put that in place of Christ. Very strange. Very strange. And then in verse 20, I like this because this is, so to speak, the tale of the tape. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all. So he's not meaning that for everybody. He's talking to those who are included in the we that he says. We have, what we have seen, what we have heard, what we have handled of the, of the word of life. The we have this anointing that is able to help them distinguish what is right, what is wrong, what is deception, what is not deception, you know, what is sin, what is not sin, as long as there is this heart you know, moving toward the Lord, this anointing will be there to, to do that. But the, the, a lot of the denominations, uh, the denomination I, was, I grew up in, did, did not have that, did not have that at all. So they depend on some carnal-minded man or priest to interpret what the Scripture says and give that to the people. A lot of times they don't even give that. So in uh, John 8, you don't have to turn there. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. John 8, uh, Jesus said to the religious leaders there, You are of your father, the devil. He said that to the religious leaders. And remember, they were, you know, they called themselves Moses' disciples. He said, you weren't, but... Their whole structure of religion was based upon the Torah, the Pentateuch, the, the five, first five books of the Bible, the Old Testament. And they based what they did on that. And Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil, because there was no life in them. Uh, they did not have the spirit of God in them. And because of that, they wrapped their whole you know, themselves and in, in the leadership in tradition and their view of a scripture or scriptures, and then they suppress the people with that, very much like what happens in the Catholic Church. Now, I can say that because I grew up in the church. I'm, I'm going to say it. But in uh, 2 Corinthians 11, no, don't say these things because you offend you know, some of the Catholic people and uh, you know, you want to try to win them to Christ. Well, that's true, but they need to hear the truth also. And they're not hearing it where they are. Chapter 11, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13. For such are false, uh, false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Let me see here. Let's back up to verse 4. Paul's talking to him. He says... For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached. So uh, you know, there, there can be those who come, and they, they have come, and they preach another Jesus. 
quite apparent that they do. And then he says, and if you receive a different spirit, that they, bring, they preach another Jesus, they bring a different spirit with them, and then it goes on, he says, and they, they minister a different gospel. And that has infiltrated all the way down into the Christian churches today. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And you can turn on TV and see another Jesus preach a different spirit and a different gospel. Different than what you know here. So verse 13, for such are false apostles. He's talking about those who bring that, that type of a gospel. Deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of life. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into the ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. So Paul is very, very straightforward with this. He's more straightforward with this than, for the most part, uh, people are today saying these things. Now, you have Satan, as we started off, who has this deception of the masses. And then we looked at 1 John where it talks about uh, the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist is at work today in the world. And it is at work in people who want a certain thing to transpire, a certain agenda and certain things that they, they want politically and so on, not just in this country, but in other countries all over the world. The spirit of Antichrist. And then you have those who are deceivers. Let me read this. This is from the Amplified in Romans. For such persons in the context are those who come in and they cause division and offenses. For such persons do not serve our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, but their own appetites and base desires. That's what they're interested in. That's what they serve. They're not interested in serving the Lord. They may want power and honor or whatever. But he, he says that, that they serve their own appetites. Uh, and by ingratiating or charming and flattering speech, they beguile the hearts of the unsuspecting and the simple-minded people. They beguile them. You know, they're going to bring this doctrine in. So if you look in Jeremiah... Jeremiah is raised up by God to tell the people, first they're going to go into Babylon, and in Babylon he says, you are going to be in Babylon for 70 years. The false prophets say, no, they prophesied to the people this deception. They wanted to make them feel good, and they wanted to say, Yo, you're going to be blessed because it's only going to last a very short time, and then you're going to be back in your, in your homeland. And, and that was a, a great deception that Jeremiah had to deal with day in and day out, prophesying that they would be there 70 years, but they didn't believe him, didn't believe him. Because their hearts wanted a certain thing, and because their hearts wanted a certain thing, they're going to believe the person who's telling them according to what their hearts want. We want to go back to our homeland, we want to go back soon, these Prophets here, they're telling us that, so we're going to believe in them. See, but that's not the measure. You know, our heart, what we want, what we think, uh, what we desire, is not the measure uh, of our receiving 
the Word of God. We have to receive the Word of God as it is and as it comes, not according to our own desires like they did. We're talking about the majority of the people. There were a handful that didn't, but the majority of the people believed the false prophets because they wanted to be deceived into thinking that they would be out of that particular thing quick. That's not anything new in the Bible. We read these things in the New Testament. Where do you think they got some of these things? Of course, the Spirit of God, yes. But they read certain things in the Old Testament, and the Spirit of God takes that and starts to share them. And Paul would write, Peter would write, and so on. That's nothing new. But I believe we're in an amplification of the deception in many, 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 many ways. Deception in government, of course, the nations. There's deception in politics in this country and in other countries. Uh, there's a deception in society. There's deception through the major religions. There's deception in the entertainment industry. There's deception on an individual level. So it's everywhere. Well, how are we going to avoid the deception? Because if we listen to all this stuff, we're going to be deceived. If we listen to it and take it into our heart and life, we're going to be deceived. But now, see, you have the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of the living God will teach you, He will guide you, and He will help you to wade through all these different things that are coming around the corner. Every corner you go, something else is coming. See it for what it is. The Lord can open up our eyes to that. And, he, and for us, He should. We should start to see a lot of these things. So then you go to this other area of self-deception. And I'll just read some verses in James. So deception takes various different forms. James says, If anyone among you who thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but he deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless, it's, it's vain. He, de he deceives himself. Galatians 6.3, If anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. It's self-deception. Oh, I know all this. I'm, I'm going to go out there and you know, preach and teach, and I'm going to say all these different things. Well, you, you better watch. You know, what's the motivation behind some of the things these people do and say? They want to be seen. You know, they, they want to be the one that, that uh, are, they're called in to raise all these millions of dollars for who, you know, whatever organization it is. Fleecing the flock, taking their money and telling them that the seed you plant is your money and not your life. <laughs> Deception in the church. They don't see it as such because they take one bit of scripture and now they're going to spin that thing. And it, it, it can't apply to that, what, what they say, but they spin that to, to reach a goal or an end. We'll give $500,000 as our goal and you need to give that so that this particular thing stays on the air. Take it off. Take it off. It's, there's a deception. And then Thessalonians says this, he will, he will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that they would be saved. They don't have a love for the truth, the King James says. 
So God will cause them to be greatly deceived, and they will believe these lies. See, because they're not going to God. Then they, w- they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing in the truth. And Jeremiah says this. He says, the pride of your heart has deceived you. Jeremiah 49, the pride of your heart, deception everywhere. Now, I don't want to paint this negative picture because it's really not. We should be able to see these things and in seeing these things, avoid them. Walk with the Lord and not have blinders over our eyes. So in, listen to this. This is, um, this is in John, the religious leader's said to Jesus that he was a deceiver. It says there that there was much complaining among the people concerning Jesus. Some said he is good. Others said no, on the contrary, he deceives the people. So the, the Jews, the leadership, the Pharisees, you know, the Sadducees, all the, the leaders, they perpetrated this lie that Jesus was deceiving them because they were going to him and Jesus would open up the scriptures and, and teach and preach instead of going to the Pharisees who studied to um, be able to look at the scriptures and give the scriptures to the people. They don't want Jesus doing that. So they, they perpetrated this lie that he's a deceiver. And that thing permeated down through many of the people. And, and they caught on to that and they said, yeah, he's deceiving us. Of course, not all of them, but that's what they said. Now, there is religious deception. And if you have at all seen what's been going on recently with the papal, I want to just show you, this is just, if you, if you go back and you look at this, you may be surprised. But I'm going to say it because I grew up in the, in the Roman Catholic Church, I went to Catholic school, and I was indoctrinated by what they said and what they did. But I want to show you, I want to read a few things that they believe, and now that you know certain things about the scriptures, you you can see it's very clear, you know, that that there's a big deception, and they hold power over the masses. The power has diminished a little bit in this country as far as churches closing, but as you just recently saw, the masses flock to the church and to the Pope. The masses, hundreds of thousands, traveling from South America, all over this country, from Canada, just to see him pass by. And a lot of the, the division initially from the Catholic Church, now if you would, you'd have to look at this because there, there have been separations from the church, like the Anglican church, the Anabaptists, uh, and various groups, uh, the, the, the Orthodox, Eastern, Eastern, Eastern Orthodox church, they, they separated because initially, some of them, because of, like the, the Eastern Orthodox, because of the papal or papal, however you want to pronounce it, supremacy. They believe that he's supreme, and what he says, what he believes, what traditions he comes out with is law for all. Hold them all under this bondage. 
of what they believe. And what they've said and believed has changed quite a few times over the years because it's not based upon the scriptures. They believe in being born again, but that born again means infant birth. Or, you know, when they baptize you as an infant, that you're born again. That's their belief. Not what we believe. They believe we're wrong. If you go uh, on a Catholic forum and you, or one of their websites and you, you look that up, they will say that means baptism because the water and the blood that we see in John 3. And so they, they have that whole thing there, you know, that they, that's their belief. And in, in believing you don't have to do that condemns the masses that are there to hell because they're not going to be born again because they think that they've been born again when they were a kid, a baby. Another one is that you receive Christ. You believe in receiving Christ. That as many as received him to them, he gave he power to become the sons of God, John 1, 12. You believe that. Well, here's their, their interpretation. You receive Christ at communion. And you take him in and you digest him. That's deception. Deception. And they believe Jesus found the Roman, Roman Catholicism, the deception. They believe that Mary is our life to the point where they worship her, they kiss the feet of Mary in the church, the, the statutes, and they believe that even today, and even some of those that broke off, believe that she is the mother of God. I just had this conversation with someone. She is not the mother of God. She's the mother of earthly Jesus. She's not the mother of God. God uh, existed long before Mary was born. She's not his mother. God is eternal. He didn't have beginning. He doesn't have end. She can't be his mother. She's the mother of earthly Jesus. And by the way, uh, it's in maybe Luke 13. It's, Jesus says, don't call any earthly father father. There is only one father, and that's in heaven. He's in heaven. Don't call fa the father father. So I hear that. You understand what I'm saying? Not your, not your, talking about those in authority. Call them father. Don't call them. There's only one father. Jesus said that. And then this is another good scripture. It says, Assuredly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, including Mary. So it's deception. Confess your sin to the priest instead of to God. It's deception. 1 John 1, 7 and 9 clearly says that you confess your sins to God. Clearly. Nowhere in the Bible does they confess your sins to a priest. But that's something that they added. It's deception. And the reason why I'm saying this is because this is so widespread across the world. And even in this country, you tell people this, they don't believe you. I had this conversation about the the fish, eating fish on Friday, and told them where it came from. They didn't believe me. The fishing industry was in bad shape. In Italy, it was bad shape. They're going to make a rule. Eat fish on Friday. Part of this church, and you have to do this, or you have to go to confession. Confess your sins to a man. And then the, um, the doctrine of purgatory. Do you know where they, they get that? Does anybody know where they get that? All you, how many here were ever Catholic? 
half of you. Do you know where they get that doctrine? From the books of the Bible that are not in our Bible. The Apocrypha. There's a couple books. They pull that out of some of the things they said, but they're not inspired books. They don't line up with Jesus' teaching. How can they put them in the Bible? But they did. And then bowing before statutes or images and kissing that image, you know, all you need to do is look in the Old Testament where it talks about, you know, don't have any, any images before me. So it's deception that has gripped the hearts of billions in the world. And whenever I became a, a Christian, I knew something happened in me. I was in that church for years. And I would hear them read some things from the gospel and the epistles and then talk about offerings or talk about this or that or whatever. They never teach you need to receive Christ. They never teach being born again. They never teach the regeneration. As long as you're part of that system and that church, you're okay, you'll go to heaven. That's deception. Read the Bible. Read the scriptures. It's deception. But yet there's billions upon billions upon billions of people that are, are so under that, the papal supremacy, that they can't break forth from that. that that's the norm for them. That's what they're brought up with. That's what they think is right. And uh, I left, after I became a Christian and had a confrontation, they, they called us in and wanted to know why we weren't coming to church. And I said, well, I said, John 3, 3 says you must be born again. I received Jesus Christ. My life has changed. I mean, I'm not the old person I used to be. And went on and on and on. And he said something else. And we said another scripture, you know, John 1, 12, as many as received him. And said, well, you know what he told me? He said, you can't believe everything you read in the Bible. I said, okay, see you later. Never went back. Out. Now they would probably say that you, you know, that's not the correct interpretation. But it's deception. Because their eyes are not open. The, the eyes of the people are not open. They cannot see because they have not come to Christ. Even if they would pick up the Bible and start reading the verses, they, they will not see it because it's hidden to them. You have to be birthed from above. So you have this, this deception now. You had certain groups leaving the Catholic Church, and then you had other groups come out after the, the Reformation. You had the Lutherans, the Presbyterians, and the Methodists, and, and so on. And then eventually the Pentecostal, the Holiness, the Baptist. And even now, today, in a lot of the churches, there are Christians who are Christians in name only. They're not Christians as far as this relationship that we teach and we have experienced here. They're not Christians in that sense. They're Christians in the sense that they go to a church that may have had great roots at one time, like the Lutheran Church coming out from Martin Luther. But it has spun off into another way, another way. And in many of the churches, the gospel's barely preached. And there is great deception. And you say, well, how do you know that you don't go to some of these churches? Well, I have over the years here and there. But all you need to do is see what they do with the homosexuals. If they're bringing them into the church and ordaining them as ministers, then you know they have veered from the scriptures because you know what the scriptures say. 
And now you have, for example, the Episcopals who broke off because that, that they started ordaining homosexuals, and then they broke off to another. And that's happened through the Presbyterians and, and some of the other ones also. So because of this great deception that, that started, it's pushing its way down in and through the churches to a great degree. Even today, we're seeing it. And so, you know, the words of, of Jesus saying, be not deceived, is very, very, very important in our day in this age, to see things for what they are. Now, some of it you can't do anything about. You just minister the gospel, you do what you do, and minister to people the best you can, and by the grace of God, maybe some of them you can snatch out of the fire. But for the most part, they don't want to hear, they don't want to go into the scriptures to see what the truth really is. They would rather have their own religion and to hear what they normally would hear when they go to their church and, and they sit in this deception. But see, if you have your heart focused upon Jesus, remember, Jesus said, I am the way, not a denomination. See, denominations weren't around in the very beginning when the apostles were living and even right after that. They weren't around. People got in groups and then they made their rules and followed their certain rules, and they had their traditions, and denominations began spinning off in certain centuries, taking off. But in the beginning, it wasn't that. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. Not some church, not some denomination, not some pope. I am the way. The truth. Not some truth that some clergy interprets from the Bible and says, this is the law, this is what you have to do, this is how it is. No. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And that's what Jesus said. Not some denomination. Almost every denomination in time starts to slip. In my, what I have seen. What I have seen. And even some of the denominations today that are Christian, born again, even in some of their churches, there is a slowly, they're slipping away. You know, they, they want to hear what they want to hear. They want to hear you know, the prosperity. They want to hear all the blessing. You know, they're not interested, for the most part, some of them, in pick up your cross daily and follow me. That, that's the old gospel. I, I know that's in there, that's in there, but I want to hear this. It's no different than what we see and what we read with some of the verses where Paul told them. There's a deception. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 15 in closing. And this should encourage you. Verse 26. But when the Helper, the Holy Spirit, comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth. You see, he's called the Spirit of truth. Who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So he has given you the Holy Spirit. He has given you the Spirit of truth so that you can wade through this life and this world 
and not be deceived as a lot of other people are, and not, not that we are some exclusive group, but actually disciple, the disciples of Jesus are. But not everybody that says they're a disciple of Jesus is a disciple of Jesus. But you will have the spirit of truth, and he will teach you and he will show you when, when there is a deception. And he'll, he'll show you the way there, and you'll see it. You'll, you'll be able to maneuver the correct way and not be taken away by every wind of doctrine or taken away by this or that or the other thing or some, some new, new thing or no spin on the scriptures or some new doctrine or, or some, some other way in which you can be deceived. As I said, there's deception all the way in every aspect, in every area of society. But we, on a personal level, do not have to be deceived. We can walk above that, and I believe we're called to walk above it so that men can be deceived, but as the elect, we will understand and we will see, and we can order our steps in the right way.